Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Country Music Made Me podcast. Thank you so much for joining us once again. Please be sure to like, share, follow, subscribe to us on whatever streaming service you are listening on. Head over to social media. Give us a follow there as well. Remember, search Country Music Made Me. We have an exciting episode today as we're sitting down with Cameron Marlowe. He has had an interesting journey through music. He grew up with a passion for music, went to university to study music, but life got in the way and he went back to his hometown to sell auto parts and thought that, hey, this is life now. But a chance to audition for The Voice changed everything. He went on the show and since then has been making a name for himself quickly in Nashville. It's been a really fun journey, so please enjoy our conversation with Cameron Marlowe. Growing up, I know your grandpa was the one that inter introduced you to country music, but as far as the rest of the family goes, was there music around when you were growing up? Because I know you were also a sports kid. So where did it all, how did it all mix together? Uh, yeah, so uh, like you said, my grandpa was a big influence in country music. So was my dad. Uh, my mom was a big Bon Jovi fan. Uh, so, so I have a lot of rock from that side, Aerosmith and stuff like that. And then uh, I grew up and loved the blues. Um, so I started listening to Stevie Ray Vaughan and B.B. King and Ray Charles and stuff like that. And really trying to find soul music, which was kind of weird because nobody in my family really listened to that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess I got kind of influenced from all over the place, man. And do your parents sing at all? Or is that something that skipped a generation or are you cut from a different cloth in that way? Or how does that fit in as well? Uh, I would think I'm, yeah, I guess I'm just cut from a different cloth, man. Uh, for some reason, I just started singing one day and yeah, now, now I'll do it all the time. And what day was it? Do you remember the point in your life where you started to find a voice and realize that you could sing? Um, I mean, I grew up singing in the church. Um, but I guess when I went to high school, that's when I kind of started to, uh, cause I started this rock band in high school cause I thought we were cool. And, <laughs> um, uh, that's what really, uh, I guess that's when I kind of found my voice and started to sing. And was that a cover band? Is that what I read that, that, or is that a different band altogether that you had? That was just a cover band. Yeah. We don't need to talk about that. That was bad. <laughs> <in my life. laughs> well, of course we need to talk about it then. Did you guys like, were you playing around local venues or was it more just yeah. like a basement gig? We were playing the weirdest things we could. Uh, I think we played a hospital, like, uh, what is it called? Like a conference at a hospital one time. That was really strange. Yeah. I mean, just the weirdest gigs you, we could find. We played them. And were you the singer in that band? I was singer and guitar player. And so when did the guitar playing come in? What age were you when you started to learn the guitar? Oh, man, I'd say probably 13, 14 years old. Picked up the guitar. Luckily, YouTube had some uh, answers out there for me. Uh, so I started learning off of YouTube and basically teaching myself and everything. Uh, and then later on, uh, I found some buddies who taught me some other stuff. And so I'm just I try and grow that every day. I mean, I have if you look behind me, I have just a boat of guitars and that's not even half of them. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous. My guitar collection these days. Do you still have that original guitar that you first started playing on? I do, man. I really do. It's back home in Carolina though. And where, how did that come in? Like, did you go buy one because you wanted to play it or was it one that had been sitting around home from another generation or how did it come about that first one? 
my family hooked me up because I had wanted a guitar really bad. And I had been practicing on this one that I had bought a long, long, long time ago. I mean, it was, I'm pretty sure it was from Toys R Us. And I just wanted to learn. So I learned how to tune it, learned how to put my fingers in the right place. And the strings were coming off the fretboard that high. So, I mean, it was impossible to play. And finally, once my family saw that I was taking it serious, they spent like a hundred bucks on a cheap little guitar. And uh, that's what I learned on, man. And what, did it come pretty natural for you? No, no. <laughs> I mean, I, was, I, yeah, I was struggling there for a while, but I mean, I've, I've gotten my hands under it now and started to learn how to play pretty well. And let's talk about the fishing trips with your grandpa. I know that was basically where you fell in love with country music. Talk about the memories that you have of those times and sort of the feelings that it brings back for you. I mean, uh, we still go fishing almost all the time. So uh, I remember just, we used to fish at this, well, I guess we still fish at this uh, old rodeo that's uh, in, in Carolina, uh, not too far from our house, maybe 30 minutes from our house. And uh, that's where, I don't know, me and him just bond. I mean, every time we go out there and go fishing, it's, uh, it's like there's nothing else going on in the world. It's just our time. And I, I wouldn't trade that, those kind of fishing trips for nothing. And then we also go out to the Outer Banks of North Carolina and uh, same thing there, just sitting on a sitting on a chair with a fish or a fishing rod in your hand and then uh, drinking a beer you know, and it don't get much better than that and now having some success in country music have those fishing trips changed like does he treat you any different or does he still treat you as that same little old kid going out with him fishing no he still treats me the exact same i mean i hadn't changed much it's just uh yeah i'm glad to i'm glad to still have my family and uh i'm glad that they are been so supportive through everything and I saw a post on social media that you had from one of your concerts of a little kid standing beside the stage and the photo was taken over his shoulder, looking at you playing. And you mentioned that you were once that kid, you loved to go to local music venues and stand beside the stage and be as close as you could to the musician. So when did that sort of start and that feeling of what that what that meant to you and, and that it might be something that you wanted to make into a career um to be honest man i don't know when my love for music really started i guess it just kind of came from birth uh, i knew that music was always something that i loved i didn't know how to do it or how to really make a career out of it uh i kind of fell into this as an accident to be honest with you <laughs> um but yeah I, I guess i didn't really know when music was going to be a part of the cards but uh, i'm glad it is and I'm, I'm very thankful for it and i saw so uh post on your social media as well of you playing the drums a little bit now is that just something that you sort of picked up or is that something that you have actually like practiced and learned throughout your life as well uh i haven't played in a long time so i'm, I'm a little rusty but that was my very first instrument i ever learned uh, i learned that back in high school as well uh, yeah, I just kind of wanted to, I just wanted to play something. I knew guitar was not it right out of the gate. Um, so I guess, I guess guitar probably came at 16 and I think drums might've might came at 13. So I think those ages are flipped, but yeah. Nice. And you started singing in church at 10. <laughs> that bring like any of those feelings up of, you know, wanting, wanting to do it more than just that, or was that just sort of a weekend activity that you went and did? Um, yeah, it was just kind of a weekend thing, uh, just being there at churches and yeah, man, I mean, we just sang in the choir, like any other something Southern Baptist family would. <laughs> and so going into college, you went to study music. Now, 
what sort of side of music, what did that look like? Was it the business of music or like the theory of music? What were you taking when you went there? Uh, I was taking every, a little bit of everything, but I was majoring in music business, which is kind of funny because I don't remember learning anything in any of those classes that pertain to actual music business <laughs> at all. Those classes were the worst. And uh, yeah, I, I, after a year, I mean, I just was, I was done with it. And uh, there was nothing that I remember learning that has actually helped me to this day <laughs> in the music industry. <laughs> oh, wow. So what was it? What was it after high school? that made you want to try that like at that point did you know you wanted a career in music in some way or was that just something that you thought I have to go to college so I might as well just try this out um it was definitely a passion behind it I wanted to uh I definitely wanted to chase music somehow but like I said man I didn't know how to do anything with with real music or like actually going out and performing and stuff like that I mean I was playing like small bar gigs but I knew that wasn't really going to amount up to anything. Um, so I went and just really wanted to soak up what I could learn. But at the end of the day, I knew I was, it was probably better off if I just went to work. And so when did that country music, like you say you were playing local gigs around, when did it switch from like that high school rock band sort of phase into more of that, you know, solo country artists and, and going around and just playing those local gigs. When did that sort of switch in your mind? Well, the high school band thing uh, left as soon as high school was over. Uh, actually, a year before high school was over, uh, that was just a, yeah, that, that was a fun time. But um, I think for me, when music started to take on a realness was um, I did the voice um, and I was working and everything and somehow they had got in touch with me and I went and did that whole thing. But uh, it wasn't that the voice like sparked my want to do music. I knew I wanted to do music, but I had met so many people that were out there that were doing music. And uh, that's kind of what changed my mindset and changed uh, the thought process, I guess. And uh, after then I, I had the bug with it and I wanted to, I wanted to go forward as hard as I could. And so with the voice, you're working at home, you've basically, just thought to yourself, this is life now. I'm working a day job. Um, you had your girlfriend, fiance, and that was life. So when you got that call from The Voice, they had seen your videos online, I believe. And so when you got that call, what was your thought process? Was was there a part of you that thought, well, no, I'm not going to do it because I, I have my life here? Or was it always like, oh, yes, you know, this might be an opportunity for me. I have to do it. Uh, there was definitely a part of me that was like, no, nah, I probably shouldn't do this because pay on the voice is not much. And uh, I was making a decent living working for GM and uh, I was happy with my job. And I was like, you know what, that ship's probably sailed. Uh, but I'm so glad that I, I went home and thought about it more and went uh, because without that experience, uh, I don't know if I would have chased music as hard as I did. It definitely, like I said, changed my mindset. And what was it like going into that? Because like you say, you didn't really have any experience of playing shows or anything, just a few local gigs. So when you got up on that stage, what was that experience like for you just in what it made you feel all of a sudden for the music? Um, man, it just felt like coming, coming home, to be honest with you. I, I mean, it, it felt good to have a crowd that was paying attention and not being in a little bar and annoying everybody with my overly loud singing 
So uh, I ate that up and I, I, I love to perform. I love to be on stage. And uh, yeah, so that, that was just like a coming home moment for me. And it, yeah, I loved it. So not necessarily overwhelming, but more of just a, like an almost calm of, yes, yeah. this is where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. I have this weird thing about me, man. It's like before every show, I'm super nervous, super jittery. And as soon as I walk on stage, it goes away for some reason. I don't know. It's, it's been like that since I was a little kid and it just, it feels right. And during your time on the voice, what is that process like? Because I know like before it gets to the live stages, you're recording ahead of time and then sort of having to keep it in about what happens and you had a viewing party at home. So what is that whole experience like of when you film to when you can actually tell people what happened and, and how difficult is it between those two parts? Oh, it's definitely difficult, man. Um, it's, yeah, I guess you, you want to give away all the information you can, but you have to sign this in NDA. And so, uh, yeah, you have to hold it in, but yeah, it's, it's for sure difficult. When did your breakup happen? Was it before you went on the voice or was it after? It was right before I went on the voice. So was that one of the reasons that you decided to go on the voice then? Yeah, kind of. I mean, I, I was like, what else do I got to lose? I mean, I was might as well go and do that. And uh, yeah, come to come to find out it would change my uh, directory quite a, <laughs> quite a bit. Or yeah, that's for sure. And with giving you up your first single that you wrote because of that breakup, now, was that only like your third or fourth song that you've ever written? Did I read that correctly? Yeah, that was one of my third or fourth songs. I don't remember where it came in the lineup, but yeah, I, I had been like, I guess, trying to write songs and none of them were any good. And for some reason, that one just kind of fell out. Um, and yeah, I, I'm very blessed to have written that song. It's changed my life quite a bit. And when did writing begin for you? Like, was it right around the time of The Voice or did you do any sort of like writing or any of that when you were younger? Uh, not when I was younger. It happened right after because I started understanding what the business was once I moved to Nashville. After The Voice and realizing that this is something you wanted to pursue, did you kind of have to take a step back and look at what it was actually going to take? to take a step in that direction to make it a career? Was it a bit overwhelming sort of looking at the steps you would have to take? Uh, it's definitely overwhelming, but I knew it was exactly what I wanted to do. Um, like I said, the voice wasn't really my, I guess, platform to be an artist. It was more my jumping pad to really find my way into this town. So I started, when I moved into town, I took this very seriously. I took the writing very seriously. And uh, I made sure I met as many people as I possibly can, because I think it's really true that uh, connections and uh, the people that you know and the people that you meet are everything in this town. I mean, the, the bartenders will sing you under the table in this town. So it's, uh, yeah, this, this is uh, such a special place and such a special place to me uh, that, yeah, my whole goal was to just learn how to immerse myself in the, into Nashville. And in early 2019, jumping in the studio with Brad Hill, was that your first time sort of in a proper studio recording music? Yeah, that was, uh, that, that was a wild experience, man. Uh, to be able to hear songs that I'd wrote acoustically, um, turn into full songs with, uh, I, mean, I had never heard a band play like songs that I'd wrote. That was a wild moment to, uh, really feel that song come together. And was, that was the first time you recorded that, right? Like you basically went down, as an independent artist 
and you wanted to record that song. So how did it come about that you were able to get into the studio with Brad? Was it through those connections that you had made after The Voice? Uh, yeah, once I had moved here, I started meeting a lot of people. Um, and uh, I wouldn't say Brad was one of them right away. It was uh, through some other people I'd met at a bar. And uh, I was looking for a producer and I was just trying to make friends. And uh, they had, were talking about Brad and that's how I came up. So I called up Brad and yeah, I spent quite a bit, <laughs> quite a bit of my uh, savings to figure out how to record uh, five songs. And uh, I'm glad I did, man, because... Yeah, if I wouldn't have and I wouldn't have take that, taken that jump, I wouldn't have a record deal now and I wouldn't be getting to play for all these crowds and hearing people sing these songs back to me. And it was July 2019 that you officially moved to Nashville. After sort of having that life back home and before The Voice, basically just being resigned to the fact that that was life, what was it like to be driving away from home? going to Nashville and realizing that after all those bumps in the road that you had taken, that this was actually a dream that you were finally following. Man, uh, it just, I don't know. It's kind of a wild thing. Cause, uh, I met two roommates in a bar cause I would visit Nashville so much. I feel, I guess that's why it feels like I've been here for so long. Uh, but I would visit Nashville two to three times a week, making that six and a half hour drive to when I, Able, was able to finally get here and remember or move in with my roommates uh yeah it was like a it was almost like a calm down moment so I didn't have to take that drive as much as I was doing <laughs> that's crazy and after you moved here you played some shows at the whiskey jam the revival at the tin roof and Dirks Bentley's whiskey row now venues like that that support up-and-coming artists what were those like playing for you as a new artist just coming into the city, basically? Man, it was nerve wracking. I ain't gonna lie. Uh, I didn't, I didn't know what I was doing. I was playing all these random songs that I was writing with these random people that I was <laughs> meeting when I came into town. And uh, I don't know if any of the songs were any good. Uh, some of them stuck around, some of them didn't, but man, it was just, it, it just felt so cool to be able to, be a part of the music industry and like trying to find my way in the music industry. And that's, I got called up with it, man. And that's, uh, that's why I never want to leave it. And after not doing much writing before you got to Nashville, what was that process like of sort of getting integrated with the writers and feeling comfortable with the process? Did it take a bit or were you pretty comfortable right off the bat with it? Uh, no, I definitely was not comfortable. My very first co-write, which is kind of wild to think, uh, was with Rob Williford, who's wrote Beautiful Crazy and uh, Forever After All with Combs. And uh, I've met him through just some friends and stuff like that. And we wrote and now uh, and we look back on this right because it was probably one of the worst rights that I could have ever possibly been a part of. I had no idea what to say. I was so nervous. Uh, but now we still write all the time. And uh, like we joke about back back to that first right of how different it was for me uh, because it is nerve wracking to go in and like try and throw your lyrics out there when he had already had hits and I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> and so is there a lot of anxiety tied to that? Like for me, I could imagine leaving that session and just thinking I blew it. I'm never going to write in this town again. I'm done. I must just go home. So do you have to get over those feelings pretty quickly? Yeah, man. Uh, you kind of have to swallow your pride and realize every day is going to be uh, 
going to be different, man. <laughs> and then uh, some days you're going to be on, some days you're going to be off. I still have off days. Uh, I have a lot of off days. <laughs> so, yeah, man, I'm just, uh, you just got to fight through it. And I know I heard you say in another interview, one of the sort of problems that you had when you first started songwriting was opening up and really sharing your emotions, which is a big part to writing country music. And so is that something that you've been able to get through and opening up a little bit more when you're in those sessions? I think what what it really is, is it's, it's hard to do that to strangers. Uh, but once you get into this industry and you start finding your writers and you start finding the people that you connect well with, uh, being able to open up to them is uh, it's a lot easier. So I think that was the the tail sign for me was being able to uh, really uh, open up and, and uh, realizing it's all right to be vulnerable in a, in a writing room because it makes for better songs. Right. And so early 2020 is when things just like boop take off. It's so April 2020, you sign with Artist Management Group. May 2020, you sign with Sony Publishing. And then June 2020, you sign your record deal with Sony Columbia. Now, what were those three or four months like for you? Oh, man, it was great. Uh, I was soaking it up, but we were in the middle of a pandemic, so I couldn't do anything with it. (laughs) Right. So it was uh, it was like getting handed a. I don't know, a car at the race and then not being able to go anywhere with it. So I'm glad that uh, 2021 is here, <laughs> to say the least. But uh, that, was a, that was an awesome time in my life and uh, a time I'll always cherish. Yeah, how crazy was it? Because you were only in town, like living for a year and sort of traveling back and forth for another year before that. But what was it like within a two-year span to basically go from zero to 100? Man. Um, it's a wild, wild feeling because you almost feel like you're not supposed to be here because you are the new guy. And then it's kind of that internal battle within itself. And then now I've got to balance the fact that I have a record deal. I have a publishing deal. I have to maintain those deals and make sure that I'm meeting up to my qualifications and making sure that I'm putting out the music that I'm most proud of uh, while battling in the middle of a pandemic and trying to figure out what life is going to be like after that. So there was a lot of battling going on, um, but yeah, we, we've made it through so far. <laughs> and was it, I don't know if it, you could say good, but did it make you, um, you know, internalize a lot and be able to really look at what was happening and really come out on the other side strong because you were able to sort of look at it when it was happening and not be like rushing from show to show. And all of a sudden you're signing your deal, but you have to go off to this show and that show, you know, it was a little bit of a slower time to be able to internalize all of that that was happening. Yeah. I think what this or what that year really did for me was really helped me with my writing. Um, My writing was uh, like main priority and main focus during that whole time. I wrote 130 something songs that year. And uh, just one after the other, I wanted to try and hone in and make sure I'm learning and writing the best songs I possibly could. Uh, And it's rolling over into this year where I feel like I'm starting to write songs that I'm really, really proud of and really excited about for myself. And I I didn't know if I was if I wouldn't have had that time. I don't know if I would have been writing the the best songs I possibly could have right out of the gate. And how much confidence that does that give you in the fact that you weren't really writing before you got to Nashville 
And not only did you get a record deal, but you also got a publishing deal. Like that's got to feel pretty good with how far you've been able to come, especially with your writing just in a short time. Yeah, man, it feels it feels really good, but it's also scary uh, to like balance that for sure. Uh, there's so many great writers in this town and uh, I'm just trying to learn to be one of them. And I guess you just got to lean on them a lot, right? And, and just soak in as much as you can every chance you get. Yep. Soak in as much information as I can. And uh, yeah, every day is a, a different puzzle to write. And I, lo I love writing. It's one of my favorite things in the world to do. So uh, being in the room is, it just it feels like home to me. And now coming into late 2020 with the release of the EP, what was that process like? Were you hoping to release it earlier in 2020, but held off because of the pandemic? Or how did it all come about to finally release it at the end of 2020? To be honest, that whole time was such a blur. I'm not <laughs> real sure. Um, I know that it, we were hoping that it was going to come out earlier, uh, but it didn't. And uh, But I'm glad that it came out when it did. Um, and now we're getting to be able to, I like that it's lived out there now for a while. Now people have gotten to hear it and now we can go play shows with it and people get to sing it back. And that's, that's what it's all about, man, is being on that stage. That's what I, that's what I live for. And the EP, now the songs you first recorded when you got to town, were those the songs that made it on the EP or did you go back into the studio to record the EP? I had to go back in the studio uh some of the ones that i cut originally got next um and i guess i don't know where they're at now those masters but um yeah i, I had to go back in and i cut a couple different ones and uh, i'm happy with the songs that i chose those songs have lived with me for a while before i uh, went in and cut them and uh i was i was glad to see those songs go out and i'm glad to see people being able to sing them back and uh loving the songs and loving the music yeah, it's a very diverse album, that's for sure. Like Burn Em All is one of the songs where I have, I think, three or four songs that when I hear them right now, I'm just like singing at the top of my lungs, pumping my hand, like it just gets you going. And then you have a song like Giving You Up that's very emotional and very personal. So how important was it for you to have that mix on the album? Oh, it's very important, man. Um... I love diversity. Uh, I try and write very diverse. Um, I write everything from blues music to pop music to country music to Western 70s country music to, uh, I mean, I love just music, man. That's what it's always been about. And uh, I think that's what I'm really chasing is uh, the artistry and actually taking the word artist and really focusing in on, focusing in on that. And uh, there's a lot of people that can do the same thing over and over again, but I want to, I want to take that to another level and, try and try and be as uh, big of an artist as I can. And you had your first show back home at Coyote Joe's uh, last month. And like you say, people were singing it back to you. You had a packed house about what, 40 minutes away from your actual home with everyone singing your lyrics back. How did that, what was that moment like for you? Oh man, that's uh that's something that I'll never uh, forget. That's for sure. Dude, I, I, I grew up going to shows in that venue and uh, some of my very first country concerts were in that venue. And uh, man, it, it felt cool to be able to stand on that stage and look out to where I would stand or where I would be and uh, see people singing back. It was, a, it was a special moment. And a lot of country artists I talk to, they say that 
the moments are cool, but unfortunately they don't really soak it in because they're so focused on what's next, what's next, what's next for you at this point in your career. Are you able to stand on that stage and truly soak in how far you've come without looking ahead to what's next? <laughs> I try, but uh, yeah, I, I guess I'm the same way where it's always on to the next thing. What can I do to build this career and uh, build the music and make the music better? So, uh, yeah, I think right now what I'm looking forward to is tour uh, with Brad Paisley. We're, we're really gearing up for that this week and, uh, yeah, about to head out. Yeah, can you imagine what that is going to be like? Have you wrapped your head around the fact that you're going <laughs> on tour with Brad Paisley and Jimmy Allen? No, I have not because I grew up listening to Brad uh, quite a bit. I mean, that was some of my favorite music is from Brad Paisley and uh, – to go and uh, be able to be on the same stage as him is uh, that's a wild thought. So yeah, it hasn't, it hasn't hit me yet. So I think once I get on stage for the first night, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be awesome. How much do you think you'll be able to soak up, you know, being a, a fairly new performer on the stage, are you planning on just sitting beside the stage every night and just watching their every move to learn as much as you can? Absolutely, man. Every, every artist that I've had the pleasure to open up for, uh, I've tried to sit side stage or sit behind them and really just soak in their, their music and their performance and uh, learn as much as I can. Uh, yeah, that's my, that's my main focus is to, is to learn from both of these guys and uh, really take it into my own shows. And I hope that when you're standing there, you will take a moment to reflect because it's really cool to me to think about you standing next to a stage at your local venue when you're seven or eight, being as close to the musician as you can. And now being in your early twenties and being able to stand beside a stage that has Brad Paisley performing on it and getting as close to him as you can. For sure, man. Uh, yeah, I gotta, I gotta remember to take up and soak in the, uh, the moments like that. And uh, I think one of those moments is going to be going to the, amphitheater back home that I also went and grew up and saw a lot of concerts at and uh getting to go home and play that that venue is going to be it's going to be wild for me so I, that's going to be one of the times where I'm really gonna have to soak it in and as far as your parents go as quickly as this has gone for you have they been able to sort of wrap their heads around the fact that you're now doing this as a career this is your career man they've been so supportive of me since I was very young and uh, they love it. They, they've been eating this up and uh, yeah, I, I love to make them proud. And that's what I try to do every day. So it's been, uh, it's been cool to be able to do it. And has there been one moment that you can remember where it kind of clicked in that? Yes, this is my career now. Um, I still have to pinch myself that this is my career. Cause it doesn't actually feel like I'm working because uh, I love it so much. And I guess the saying is true that you don't work a day if you're doing what you love. So, um, yeah, I just I just focus on that and remind myself, hey, this is a this is a blessing that you get to do this. And now Tequila Talking is the new song that you just released. Uh, yeah. Just talk about that and how it came about. I know you had what, four out of six writing credits on the album. So is this one you co-wrote as well? Yes, this is one I wrote. This was uh, one of the early songs that I wrote uh, coming into town with Brad, I mean, uh, Dan Isabel and uh, Ray Fulcher. And uh, I first started it with Dan and we didn't make it all the way through in one day. Uh, we ended up, I think, going and grabbing lunch and uh, really just getting to know each other because that was our first ride together. And uh, he was like, let's get another date and uh, we'll bring in Ray and we'll finish it off. And uh, brought in Ray and 
yeah, we'll finish the song off. And now both of those guys are some of my close friends in town. And uh, it's wild to come into town, not know anybody, and then first ride or first some of the first rides really make friends at last. It's it's cool. Now you say you've had some time with these songs to sort of, you know, take them along. People are singing them back. So now are you looking forward to the next project already? Man, I am. Uh, I've been in the studio and got a couple done. Um, yeah, ready to get back in and finish up a bunch more. We're just kind of picking picking and choosing in between shows right now, the week so we can get in the studio. Now that everything's back in full swing for us, it's, uh, yeah, it's it's been a crazy and hectic uh, past couple months, and I don't see it slowing down, but I don't want it to slow down either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's going to be a little different than last year because now you can't just jump in the studio whenever you want. You got to book it around all your shows and you're traveling, so it's going to be a much different process, I imagine. Yeah, man, it's definitely it definitely is. Uh, writing on the road now, not being able to write in town. Uh, but either way, music's getting wrote and music's getting played. And uh, I'm just happy to, that, again, this is my job and uh, that things are lifting and I get to see a bunch of people out and singing songs. And it's, it's fun, man. That is amazing. And when you look at your, at your streams and especially your music video, I looked the other day and Given You Up had, I think, like, what, 24 million views or something like that? Yeah. Like, that's so. crazy. It is. Uh, yeah. The amount of people that have watched that video and uh, streamed that song on all platforms, it's uh, it's insane. And uh, I'm like I said earlier, it's for a song that I really poured my heart and soul into and wrote by myself and uh, was a song that I didn't even think I was going to put out. It was more just writing it for me to have turned into something like this. It's uh, It's been a really cool, really cool feeling. Were you surprised when the it must have been the label said this is the first single we're putting out uh i i didn't even have a label at that point man. Oh, okay i had just, just put that song out on a, on a whim and uh but luckily that's what got me my deal and what was that feeling like because you talked about sort of that feeling of you know will people like it and so especially with a song that raw being your first song that you ever put out as an artist when you actually, you know, hit publish, what is that feeling like? Uh, that one was, I would say that one was very different than any of the other times uh, because that one didn't really feel like it had a purpose. It just felt like it was going out. Um, and it felt like it was just, I didn't really think that I was going to be in music or anything like that. I just wanted to put a song out. Uh, just oh, to okay. say I did it. So now it's completely changed because now I'm like, oh, this is, this is for a purpose. I know what I'm doing with it. I hope... I hope this does really well. When in the other time, I didn't really care if it did well or not. It was just, I just wanted it to be out. <laughs> That's got to be a little bit of a more freeing experience doing yeah. it that way rather than the stress sure. that comes with this has to be successful. Absolutely. Yeah, big difference now. Thank you guys once again so much for joining us. And thank you to Cameron for stopping by and sharing his story. Be sure to check out his new song, Tequila Talkin', wherever you stream your music. Please also make sure to like, share, follow, subscribe to us on whatever streaming platform you're listening on and head over to social media. Give us a follow there as well so you can stay up to date on all the exciting episodes we have coming up in the future. Just search Country Music Made Me. Thank you so much and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.